Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Welcome, everybody, to the RTC Weekly Download. I'm your host, Jim Dolan. Well, we'll start off with an episode of the Seal Test Variety Theater with Edgar Bergen from 1949. What happened on Edgar's date with Dorothy L'Amour? Seal Test presents Seal Test Variety Theaters. Yes, it's Seal Test Variety Theater with our guest stars Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy and our regular gang Eddie Bracken, Henry Russell and the orchestra, the Crucius Quartet and our gal Thursday who's coming on stage right now, the singing star of our show, Dorothy L'Amour. And now let's all drop in at Dottie's house where she is awaiting the arrival of Edgar Bergen with whom she has a date. As we look in, the front doorbell rings. Coming. Hello, Dottie. Hello, Eddie Bracken. Well, Dottie, what's the matter? You seem so surprised to see me. Well, I get that is... uh... Never mind. What's new? Oh, Eddie, I want to thank you for that lovely Easter egg you sent me. Uh. That reminds me, I have to have it back. You have to have it back? Sure, my bacon's getting cold. <laughs> Come on, Dottie, get your things and let's go, huh? Oh, there must be some mistake, Eddie. I've got a date tonight with Edgar Bergen. Well, there's no mistake about it, Dottie. I, I got a date with you. I-, I got it written down right here in my little black book, you see? Uh, uh, look for yourself. Let me see. Date with Dottie Lamour, Thursday night, April 21st, Wow. Wait a minute. I don't understand what the wow stands for. I guess I won't find out either. <laughs> well, all right, go ahead. Go ahead, cast me aside for another man. Go oh, ahead. please try to understand, Eddie. There's no <laughs> romance between Edgar Bergen and me. No. It's a business date. He wants to talk to me about a picture he's going to do. Oh, 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 well, I understand. Oh, well, that's perfectly all right. Oh, you're a darling. I'm having dinner over at his house. It's going to be quite an ordeal, though. You see, Charlie McCarthy has an adolescent crush on me, and he's awfully hard to handle. Well, how are you going to be able to talk business with that painted forest around? <laughs> but Edgar isn't telling him that I'm coming over, and he's trying to get him out of the house before I get there. Well, Charlie, haven't you gone to the movies yet? Well, hold your horses, Bergen. I'm still looking through the papers trying to decide what picture to see. Oh, see, 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 there's so many here. Well, what pictures are playing? Well, there's a new movie with Lassie, and then there's one with Butch Jenkins and Gabby Hayes. Here's one with Jane Russell. Which one are you going to see? E- <laughs> you sometimes ask the silliest questions, Bergen. <laughs> Well, just pick out a picture you want to see and get going, or you'll be late. Yeah, find a way, Bergen. Yes. Uh, well, what are you planning for tonight? Oh, uh, business, that's all. All business. Business. Yes. Mm-hmm. You spent all day preparing crepe Suzettes and beef stroganoff and souffles. The table is set for two. Candlelight. Oh, come on, Bergen. Come on. <laughs> Who are you expecting? I told you, Charlie, business acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see. Well, with a setup like this, you shouldn't have much trouble getting right on to business, aren't you? <laughs> Charlie, do you think I'm lying to you? Well, I really... Uh, are you suggesting that I'm twisting the truth? Oh, heavens, no. But you sure are bending it out of shape, Meg. You know? <laughs> well, I'm not going to discuss it any further. It's time for, for me to pick up my business acquaintance, and it's time for you to go to the movies. All right. I can take a hint. Uh, will you give me a dollar, and I'll go? A dollar? Yeah. Well, the movies are only 50 cents. Yeah, I know, but uh, on the way over, I may run into a, a, shall we say, a business acquaintance, you see. And you know how I gossip. Here's a dollar, here's a dollar. <laughs> Get sealed, test. 
Get America's favorite ice cream, Seal Test. It's so smooth and creamy, so fine-grained in texture, so wonderful in lip-smacking flavor, it outsells all other ice cream by a wide margin. Flavor for flavor, there's no ice cream that matches Seal Test for pure goodness. Try the Seal Test flavor of the month, chocolate flake ice cream, and you'll agree it's better in every way. For an ice cream treat that's tops, stop in wherever you see the famous red and white Seal Test symbol and... Get the best, get seal test. I was worried, Edgar. I thought you'd never get here. Well, it wasn't easy getting rid of Charlie. But let's get back to my house now for dinner. Good. And then we can discuss the picture you're planning to do. Mm-hmm. I'll get my thing. Yeah. Mm. Wonder who that can be. Aren't you expecting anyone? No, but I'd better open the door. Uh, Well, now, just a minute. This may be a silly idea, but I suspect something. Let me go to the window and see who that is. Uh Aha! Who is it? It's Charlie. Charlie? (laughs) What'll I do? Well, I'll go into the next room. You get rid of him. Don't let him know that I'm here. All right. Coming! Oh, hello, Dottie. Charlie. Dottie, you look so gorgeous. Those eyes and those legs and that plunging neckline. Well, now, Charlie. What's the matter? Did I forget something? (laughs) Well, this uh, is indeed a surprise, Charlie. Well, uh, what's so surprising about me dropping in to see you, Dottie? Well, after all, you don't drop in to see me every day. I know, but after all, there are other girls in town and I got to spread myself around. Oh, come now, Charlie. I'm sure there must be some reason why you came over. Reason why, my dear, it's spring. You're a girl and I'm a boy. Well, I don't see what difference that makes. You don't see what difference? Mm-mm. Oh, putty, putty. <laughs> Look, Dottie, that arrangement's been going on for 4,000 years. This is no time to tamper with it. Oh, Dottie, I always dream about you. You're the kind of a girl I would like to be shipwrecked with. And you're the kind of boy I would like to be shipwrecked with. Really? Yes. Then I could hollow you out and paddle you home. <laughs> but really, Charlie, I, I'd love to be more hospitable, but it so happens that I... You, I, you have an appointment? As a matter of fact, I have. A, a business appointment? As a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> By the way, Dottie, have you seen Bergen lately? Bergen? You mean Edgar Bergen? Yes, I do not I'm not referring to Sam Bergen. <laughs> All right, Charlie McCarthy, what are you doing here? Well, I, you see, I was, uh, I, I was, uh, Edgar Bergen, what are you doing here? Well, I, I, uh, I... Ay-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. It's the end of the first inning, folks, and the score is nothing to nothing. <laughs> Charlie, what happened to the dollar I gave you for the movies? Oh, it went. It went, I hardly left the house when I, I had a hot fudge sundae, a chocolate soda, and a banana split. Oh, you should watch your figure. I'd much rather watch yours. No, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, Bergen. There's enough for both of us to watch. Yes, I'll see. It's quite enough of this chit-chat. I'm going to put a stop to this right now. Dorothy, get your things. We're going to my house for dinner. Yeah, let's go. I'm getting hungry. No such thing. I, I have an idea, Charlie. Why don't you go to the movies? I'll give you a dollar. Gee, a fella can make a nice living just going to the movies around here. 
Cuddy, do you mind if Charlie spends the night here? Oh, not at all. He can have the guest room. Yeah. Now, Bergen, you don't mean to say that you would leave a little boy like me all alone in a big house like this at night? Yes, I would. Edgar, I think Charlie's right. He shouldn't be left alone. Yeah. That's telling him, Daddy, old kid. I'm going to get a babysitter for him. You see, that Bergen's... A babysitter for me? Oh, you can't do this, I tell you. I'll be laughed at. I'll be scorned by the mummily pig crowd. <laughs> oh, don't be silly. I know somebody I can get. I'll call right now. No, you can't do this. You, not Daddy. If you can make it a blonde, it'll be... Uh... Quiet, Charlie. Hello, Eddie Bracken? I want you to do me a Eddie favor. Eddie Bracken, I won't stand for it, Daddy. I tell you, I won't... <laughs> Hood said, What big eyes you have, Grandmother. And the wolf said, The better to see you with, my dear. <laughs> what a corny wolf. If I ever saw one, that's a corny <laughs> And then, then he said, She said, he what said, said, big ears you have, said Little Red Riding Hood. When did the three bears come in? Let me <laughs> the better to hear you with, said the wolf. Sure. And then Little Red Riding Hood said, and I'm pretty What big teeth you have. Uh-huh. And then he jumped out of bed, the wolf said, The better to eat you with. And he started chasing her around the room. Uh-huh. And then he, he chased her. Oh, it's impossible to sleep he around her. here. <laughs> he chased her. Yeah. What's the matter? Don't you want to know how it ends? Sure, but get to it, boy. Get to it. <laughs> Who gets the dame? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to stand for this. You're not supposed to. You're a sitter. (laughs) Very funny. Very funny. I thought it rather amusing myself. Charlie, I got a great idea. You have an idea? A really great idea. All right, tell me. I'll sing a song, and then you tell me who I sound like. Oh, that's really a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. You see, I'll sing, and then you tell me who it is. You ready? Oh, sure, I'm ready. All right, now, listen closely. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. Charlie. Well, now, let me think. It's a human being, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come, come now. Come on. Well, now, don't rush me, Bragging. Don't rush me. Maybe you better give me that middle part again. Mm-hmm. All right. Someone waits for me. Yeah. Oh, sure, that's it. Uh, oh, that's it. Uh, oh, sure, that's it. Uh, Let's see, it's, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Who was it, then? <laughs> Jessica Dragonette, huh? <laughs> oh, come now. Haven't you ever heard of Bing Crosby? Well, sure. Go ahead, do him, huh? <laughs> I'll give you one more chance. Now, see if you can get this. Now, yeah. pay attention. You ready? Yeah, make it easy. <laughs>
Well, you know who that was? Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah. Say, you know, I could pull a few strings and get you to Arthur Godfrey. Would you be interested? Never mind. Who was I imitating? Well, now it sounded like, it sounded oh, like... Oh, come on. Now, think of a movie, a big musical, Two on an Island. Now, don't tell me you're Esther Williams. <laughs> that doesn't. I'm through trying to entertain you. Now, you're going to sleep. I promised Dottie and Mr. Bergen I'd have you in bed by now, and, and, and you're hey, going, going hey, to bed. back and back and back and Didn't you have a date with Dottie tonight? Well, as a matter of fact, I, I did. Oh, you champion. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, I thought, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, well, forget it. I, uh, I didn't mean to mention it. That's all right. Well, come uh, on. Well, what, what is, Charlie, what are you well, trying to get at? I was just wondering why a guy who has a date with a beautiful doll like Dorothy Lamore would prefer sitting with a despicable little character like me. I don't figure it out. Well, it's just that Dottie explained to me that Edgar and she had to discuss business. Business? Now, see here, Charlie, you're handing it something. Now, now, what is it? Oh, you naive boy. Didn't your father ever tell you about the birds and the bees? <laughs> sure. Well, apply it, boy, apply it. <laughs> You mean that, that, that Bergen is... Yes, he's a wolf. You mean that Dottie double-crossed me? You're getting warm, buddy. <laughs> I can't believe it. After all that girl meant to me. Yeah. That she would do a thing like that. Yes, she did. I feel that there's nothing worth living for. You're getting warmer. <laughs> Where's my hat? Where are you going? I'm going to jump in the ocean. Well, it's a long ride to the ocean. I'll jump in the lake. There's no lake around here. Then I'll jump in the river. That is no river. Is there a damn tea bag in the house? <laughs> Look, Bracken, there's, there's only one way to handle this. I'm going to take you over to Bergen's house, and you're going to settle with him man to man. Good idea. Let's go. Don't let another Johnny get your girl. 
I so glum, chum? I spade, I hoe, I dig, I rake, and all that grows is my backache. Ah, forget the rake. Get Chocolate Flake, the ice cream that grows more popular every day. But I got a plant. Just plant your feet under the table, chum, and dig into that creamy, rich vanilla ice cream, jam-packed with savory flakes of real bittersweet chocolate. Seal Test Chocolate Flake, the April flavor of the month. It's too good to miss. So shovel off to your seal test soda fountain. Hidey ho, here I go. I'm off to get the best get seal test. an excellent dinner you prepared, Edgar. I feel just wonderful. Well, thank you, Daddy. And now we can talk about the picture I intend producing. It'll be wonderful being able to discuss business around this house without Charlie butting in. Uh, thanks to Eddie Bracken, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. It's sweet of Eddie to take care of Charlie. He's such a good friend and so helpful. Mm -hmm. But really, Edgar, you can't imagine how bashful that boy is. Is that so? <laughs> Say, you know, that gives me an idea. He could play the part of the shy fellow in this picture. He'd be just right, wouldn't he? Wonderful, and he'd appreciate it so much. I'll call my house and tell Eddie the good news right now. Hmm, that's strange. What's the matter? There's no answer. No answer? Hey, I wonder where they can be. That's the house there, that's it. Well, come on, Charlie. I'm going to tell that dot of you off, and I'm going to tear that Bergen guy apart. Yeah, now, easy, Bracken. Take it easy. First, let's look in the window. All right. Come on. Right over here is a good window. Right here. Okay. Let's get down here, Bracken. Okay. Just look in that window. Yeah, good thing we got here just in time. I told you he was a wolf. Oh, but, but wait a minute. Dottie's at one end of the room, and Bergen's at the other. Yeah. Oh, yes? Yeah, well, that's the way he operates. <laughs> he likes to get a running start. <laughs> and look at him. Look what he's doing now. But, but, but he's only lighting her cigarette. Yeah, I know, but look at the way he's looking at her T-zone. <laughs> but, Charlie, are you sure... Bracken, you're getting yellow, you're going to no. let a guy steal your girl? No. You're going to do that? I should say no. Let's go in. I'll show that guy. Yeah, but, why, Eddie Bracken, what are you doing here? Put up your dukes. Yeah, now, but Eddie, now, just a moment. You and your running starts. Come on, defend what? yourself like a man. Now, now wait a minute. Ready or not, here I come. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, stop it. Have you gone out of you your mind? You stay out of this. You and your business appointment. All right, Bergen, take this. You... <laughs> oh, now, look what you've done. You knocked him out. Colder than a mackerel. <laughs> Don't just stand there. Do something. Come on, I'm taking you home. Take your hands off of me. Now you've spoiled everything. Edgar was just discussing producing a picture when you broke in, and, and he had a big part in it for you. He had a big part in it for me? Yes. <laughs> Well, gee, Judge, don't just stand there. Pour some water on him. Here, give me that picture. <laughs> oh, where, where am I here? Are you all right, Edgar? Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, my jaw. Oh, your jaw. I, I, uh, 
Oh, I wish I were dead. Huh? Uh, gee, Mr. Bergen, look, I, I I don't know what to say. You see, uh, it was all a misunderstanding. Yeah, R- that's little all red, right, red, Eddie. Red. I don't think it's your fault at all. Oh, Charlie? Yes, Mr. Bergen? Have you been saying things about me to Mr. Bracken? Well, I really... Have you? Oh, a word here and there. Why, you little... I forget money. Please, now, no fisticuffles. Charlie, I think you acted contemptibly. I never want to see you again. Mm. Is that so? <laughs> well, don't look at me. I'm not going to talk to you again either. Uh, Charlie, what have you got to say for yourself? Yeah, Bergen, I've only this. What is it? Has anybody got a dollar for the movie? <laughs> Oh, thanks, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. It's always a lot of fun when you two fellows are around. We've an old friend of yours coming to visit us next week, so if you'll stand by for just a minute, we'll tell you who it is. Today in New York City, the stockholders of National Dairy Products Corporation had their annual meeting. And the report of the president, L.A. Van Bommel, is of interest to all of us who use milk and milk products. Mr. Van Bommel points out that the cost of a number of raw materials we buy has gone down in recent months. This has enabled us to lower prices to the consumer on many national dairy products. And, Mr. Van Bommel continues, we welcome any further relief in costs as an opportunity of further reductions in consumer prices. Here at National Dairy, we're working away constantly to keep the prices you pay for milk and milk products just as low as possible. Because we want to serve as many people as we can, providing wholesome dairy products that are so necessary for health and growth. Day in and day out, the search goes on for new ways to improve our service to the public, to keep costs low, and National Dairy products high in quality. The best. was Henry Russell and the orchestra playing way down yonder in New Orleans. And now here again is your mistress of ceremonies, Dottie L'Amour. Well, next Thursday, Eddie Bracken, the whole gang, and I will be back again. As our guest, we're going to have one of radio's all-time favorites, Rudy Valley. We promise you it'll be a very special event. To our guest star tonight, Edgar Bergen, our sincere thanks. Your appearance contributes to a fine cause the establishment of the American Federation of Radio Artists Welfare Insurance Fund. And now, John Lang? By July of this year, the medical departments of the armed forces will have lost almost one-third of their present professional staff. The need for replacements is great. Physicians and dentists who are interested in serving their country at good salaries may obtain additional information from the Office of the Secretary of Defense, the Surgeon General of the Army, the Surgeon General of the Navy, or the Air Surgeon of the Air Force. At Washington, D.C. Thanks, John Lang. 
And now on behalf of Eddie Bracken, Henry Russell, the crew chiefs, and all of us, this is Dorothy Lamore inviting you to be with us again next Thursday. In the meantime, we'll be thinking of you. Tonight's Seal Test Variety Theater was written by Howard Harris and Sidney Zelenka. Direction is by Glenn Hall Taylor. Edgar Bergen is currently appearing in the Pine and Thomas production, Capital China, a Paramount picture release. Tune in again next Thursday evening when Seal Test again presents Seal Test Variety Theater, starring Dorothy L'Amour and Eddie Bracken, and as our guest, Rudy Valley. Seal Test Incorporated and associate companies are divisions of National Dairy Products Corporation. This is John Lang speaking. Screen Guild players present the exciting story, The Blue Dahlia, with Veronica Lake and Alan Ladd recreating their original roles. Blue Dahlia, next on NBC. Now let's listen to Charlie McCarthy and Don Amici, The New Act. Next, men, we move on to a mountainous pile of your letters. And on top of the heap, reading his V-mail, we find none other than Charlie McCarthy. This makes good news to a certain major at APO 942 and to Sergeant Christie and 13 flying buddies somewhere in India. So to thousands of you fighting men in a score of United Nations, here's that international imp whom all of you love. It's Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. Well, hello, Stinky. Now, just a <laughs> So you're here, huh? Just a moment, young man. Why, well, of all the remarks to make, Stinky. Yeah. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? What's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong? Now, don't give me that lieutenant routine or... <laughs> Using the word Stinky for this audience, yeah. look at them. Look at their faces. Ain't they a mess? Well, now... <laughs> Oh, Mr. Eddie, I can't be bothered with you, Bergen. Now, listen, Charlie. Oh, Mr. I got to talk business with Nelson Eddie. Oh, Mr. Eddie. What is it, Charlie? Uh, yes, uh, I've noticed you're, you're in very good voice this evening, Mr. Eddie. And I was just wondering if, uh, if you're not doing anything for the next couple of months, you know, we might be able to, you know, get together. Oh, well, what do you mean, get together? Well, I, uh, I like your voice, and, uh, you know, in my act, vaudeville is coming back, you know. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, I read about it. Yes, yeah. it's opening up all over. It's doing big business, too, you know. You and I, we could do all right together. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm doing all right in concerts. In concerts? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, but uh, you don't get any laughs, do you? See, I'm telling you, Miss Reddy, you've never known the joy of being on the stage until you get laughs. Well, in concerts, we do amusing songs. Oh, yes, you do, yes. But you you can't come out in baggy pants in concerts, or do you? Oh, no. <laughs> now, 
about this Vortizel act of ours? Are you interested? Well, I don't know, Charlie. What's the matter with that old combination, Bergen and McCarthy? Oh, please, Mr. Eddie. Vortizel is trying to come back. <laughs> Bergen's the icky that slipped it to Nicky. <laughs> you mean Bergen killed Vortizel? He not only killed it, but he kicked it when it was down. Now, oh, just a moment, young man. You're forgetting that wherever we played, we stayed as long as we wanted to. Yeah. Sure got tiresome traveling every day. <laughs> I think you're making a mistake, Charlie. There's no reason why Edgar couldn't do pretty well with his ventriloquist act. Ventriloquist act. <laughs> that stuff went out with a bustle. <laughs> As a team, you and I could really go after the big dough. We could corner a crowd of that currency, brother. You mean the heavy moolah? That's it, yeah. That green stuff. That happy cabbage, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you got something, McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, I can see the billing now. Yeah? Eddie and McCarthy. Yeah, where you looking? <laughs> yeah, I can see it too. McCarthy and Eddie. Nelson, Eddie and company. Yeah, huh? Oh, we'll be sensational. We'll come out in blackface. Yup, 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 yup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I give them a smile. Yeah. You give them the smile. They give us the bird, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll kill the people. Yeah, if they don't think of it first, yeah. <laughs> Then you sing a sultry South Sea love song in your own inimitable style. Well, I don't know if I can handle that. You see, I've never been to the South Seas. Has Jolson ever seen Alabama? Fake it! Oh, I see. Then the big number, sawing a man in half. Yeah. Uh, what man? <laughs> You're my man. No, no. And when I get you sawed into one half sings, hold tight, and the other half sings, I ain't got no body. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, steady, Eddie, Eddie, steady. Now, just before the finish of the act, we need a baffo. Uh, yeah, a what? You know, a baffo. Oh, yeah. A wham. A big joke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, what's the joke? All right, here it is. I had to shoot my dog the other day. Why? Was he mad? Well, he wasn't any too pleased about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You laid it. Don't cackle over it. <laughs> we got the joke. Now that we've got the joke, yeah. what do we do for a finish? Uh, do you think we'll get that far? <laughs> I've got it. Uh -huh. I'll sing. What would you like to hear? Well, I'd like to hear Jeanette Nagano, but I'm stuck with you. <laughs> and I, I think I'd better have a number I can sink my teeth in. Yeah, sink your uh, teeth. Oh, don't be so darn subtle. Why don't you come right out and say you want to sing Shortening Bread? I know. Oh, well, all right. The Shortening Bread. Yeah. <clears throat> a mammy's little baby loves shortening, shortening. No, no. Mammy's sorry, little no. baby no, loves no, 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 short, no. I'm short, awfully sorry, chum. It just won't do. It just won't do. Oh, what's the matter with it? That's the way I sing it in concerts. That may be all right for concerts, but this is Voldby, chum, Voldby. <laughs> there are people out there, you gotta give them that zip, that razzmatazz. You mean, I gotta be solid, Eddie? You gotta plant it now and dig it later, yeah. <laughs> I gotcha, Jackson. How's this? <clears throat> A mammy's little baby loves a shortening, a shortening. A mammy's little baby loves a shortening of bread. A mammy's little baby loves a shortening, a shortening. A mammy's little baby loves a shortening of bread. Why do I sigh for my sweetie pie? And that ain't no lie. It's shortening bread. A doot and dee dee doot and dee 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 and doo dee doo da dee 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 d
the name of that song was Cornbread. <laughs> now, listen, now, listen. Now, why does Mammy's little baby love shortening bread? I don't know why. Make me know it. Cause my mama done told me when I was a knee pant, eat plenty of shortening bread. <laughs> Stay away from that sweet cake or you'll get a toothache deep in the heart of Texas. Well, that does it. That really does it. How'd you like that, Charlie? Well, maybe Bergen ain't so bad after all. Now it's time for High Adventure, the final ultimatum. Tonight's story is entitled Final Ultimatum. The trouble with you, Jim, is that you're too damned old-fashioned. Now, easy on, Reg. Just hold your hair on. I've got good reasons for resisting change. There's a world recession right now. Fuel prices are going up and up. Buying two more planes could bankrupt us. Business is a gamble. If you don't gamble, you go down the drain. Right, I agree with you, Reg. But now is not the time. Look, there's cargo for us to fly, Jim. It's not that the business isn't there for us to pick up. For instance? Well... What about Decker Engineering? They use Arctic Air Cargo Services. Yeah, we can snatch the contract right out from under Arctic's noses. We can lose them when it comes to efficiency. Well, Decker's won't break a contract and has two more years to run. Then we can tender for it. We have to expand, Jim. Can't you see that? This is just plain crazy. Arctic have doubled their air cargo fleet in the last year. And their planes are flying half empty. Oh. Not to mention that the company's up to its ears in debt. And right now, we are on a solid financial footing. We've got a good cash flow. When we start borrowing to buy more planes at these horrific interest rates, we go bust. Is that what you want? You know damn well I don't want that, but I do want to see us grow. We'll grow, Reg. But at the right time. By that time, it'll be too late. Okay, Jim. I can't do anything without your agreement. But I advise you to think it over.
Bridge. You're just in time for coffee. Thanks. I could use a cup. What brings you here? Oh, I've just had a go at Jim. He's as damn cautious as they make him. The two planes you want to buy? He won't even listen. All I get out of him is, beware the recession. He's right. The company's doing fine, so why tamper with it? Oh, no. I can tell he's been talking to you. He has to. We're married. Well, I was hoping you'd talk him into it. Oh, no way. I'd be wasting my breath. Yep. You know, I'm beginning to regret the partnership. I don't see why. Neither of you could have started up Saturn Air Freight without the other. You're a lousy businessman, but you can fly. Jim's an excellent businessman, but can't fly. You both put all your capital into buying your first plane. The idea being that you did the flying and Jim attended to the business side. Okay, so that's how it is. And now you have four planes. You attend to the operations and Jim does the scribbling. He's scribbling us out of business. Oh, how can you say that? Every year our profits have doubled. Even this year, in spite of the recession. It's nice coffee. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, Reg. Relax. As Jim says, this is the period for marking time. Enjoy what you have. What happened, Ellen? When? What do you mean? Between us. Reg, you promised that would never be mentioned between us again. I'm sorry, but I don't feel any different towards you. Please, Reg, it was a mistake. For me, it was wonderful. I still love you, Ellen. No, don't touch me. It's over, Reg. Accept it. Go home to Carla. She needs you more than I do. Oh, nothing seems to be right. Reg, cheer up. You've got a lovely home, a beautiful wife, and two gorgeous children. What more can a man expect from life? Oh, I don't know. You're just depressed because you're bored. You need to take an interest in something. I did. You. Once, Reg. One day of weakness. But never again. If you must, Philander, fly down to Montreal and find someone there to play with. Jim never suspected, did he? I mean, what have you got to lose, Ellen? We could get away with it again and again. He's too damn busy with his paperwork to notice. How can I make you understand, Reg? I don't want to get away with anything. I don't want you to touch me again, ever. Ellen. If you knew how guilty I felt these last few weeks, I... You know, you surprise me. I thought you were adventurous. And instead, you've turned out to be nothing but a dutiful housewife. <sighs> Life's a bore. I wish you'd snap out of this depression. It's catching. Where is Carla? Oh, she's taking the kids to the lake for the day. Another dutiful housewife. One day you'll be thankful that she is. Oh, well. I guess I'll go for a drive. I might even take a spin down to Montreal, and I'll come back late tonight. Well, have a nice time, Reg. And give my love to Carla when you see her. Yeah, sure, I will. How was it, Jim? Oh, I still reckon you're the best cook this side of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, I see. So who do you know that's better on the other side? Okay, okay, the best in the world. (laughs) Uh, Reg called at lunchtime. Hmm? He was in an awful state. Yeah, we had an argument. He told me. 
I think he was looking for sympathy, but he didn't get it. Well, he's so damned impetuous. By next week, he'll be coming to me with another crazy idea. He's bored, and I don't think things are working out well between him and Carla. Domestic affairs shouldn't interfere with business. Sure. But he left here terribly depressed. <laughs> Now, to buy planes now would be financial suicide. Why can't he be satisfied with things the way they are? He should do more flying. Yeah. Well, it could be it. Just acting as a relief is only taking him up once a week. But it was his own idea. I can take over operations, but he won't let me. But with just four aircraft, there isn't enough work to keep his mind occupied. Ah, why should I worry about him? Because he's your partner, Jim. Oh, surely you can both sit down and work something out between you. Find something that'll give him more work to do. Like buying two more planes, hmm? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. Look, I'm not familiar with the workings of an air freight business, but I'm sure there must be a solution to Reg's problems. I wish the hell I knew it. Lovely day, oh, for heaven's sake, Carla, can't you shut that kid up? It's yelling is getting on my nerves. Child has to cry sometimes. Uh, All right, Peter, there's your bottle. There, is that better? <laughs> Bribery. But efficient. What's the matter with you, Reg? Be honest with me. Nothing's the matter. Just leave me alone, will you? Your nerves are shot. Shut up! You should see a doctor. Get some help. Look, just watch your mouth, woman. I don't need a doctor. If you can just keep the kids from squawking, I'll be okay. It's one of the perils of being a father. Uh, I went to see Ellen today. How do you know? She phoned me. Why? To tell me how depressed you are. Is that all? Yes. You just talked, am I right? I suppose so. Well, that isn't an answer. We just talked. Yes, I believe you. I don't think she would have phoned me if anything had happened between you. Oh, I... stop moaning, will you? It only happened once, that's all. A couple of hours of fun, that's all it was. I wonder. Well, wonder all you like. There's nothing between us, not last week, not today, and not in the future. Forget it, will you, Carla? Just pretend it never happened. Everything will be fine. I do try to forget. I wouldn't have known if you yourself hadn't told me in a fit of drunken boasting. Hmm? I should take lessons from her, you told me. Did I? Honest? I should have called round and asked her for the lurid details, shouldn't I, Reg? Look, Carla, I... I'm sorry. Don't... don't ever mention to Ellen that you know, please. She... embarrassment... Just forget all about it. I'm trying, Reg. Are you flying tomorrow? Maybe. I think I'll go for a spin in the Piper Cub. After I've done my day's work, of course, which takes me less than an hour. Morning, Reg. Hi. I'm taking the Cub up for a spin. Oh, yeah? Going to be long? Uh, I don't know. I... Might take it into my head to fly down to Montreal. I want to talk to you about that little fracas we had yesterday. I'm not in the mood, Jim. We can talk later. Okay, as you will. Unless you've changed your mind. Nope. Sorry, Reg. I'm still standing by what I said. Okay, Jim. I'll be seeing you.
Oh, Reg, I'm busy doing my housework. Well, hurry it up. I'll be there in ten minutes to take you out. <laughs> Honestly, Reg, I, I can't. Ten minutes is all you got. Do you good. You're looking pale. Reg, why don't you take Carla flying instead? She's down to the lake. Again. I don't think Jim will like me going flying with you. Why not? He's too tied up to worry. Come on, please, Ellen. Just to keep me company. How long would we be? A couple of hours, no more. I'll run east as far as the foothills, taking the scenery. And then we come back. Well, I don't know. Come on, when was the last time you flew? Three years ago. There, it'll do you good then. (laughs) Put a bit of color in your cheeks. Reg, this is straight. I mean, you're not planning to land somewhere and try some monkey business. Dead straight, Alan, believe me. We're just good friends now. I accept that. Well, how about it? (sighs) Okay, it'll make a nice change. (laughs) I'm giving you five minutes to get ready. little plane for sightseeing. Don't climb too high, Ray. Oh, it's okay. I'll stay below the cloud ceiling. It's your house. (laughs) Yeah. And the lake, about three miles beyond. (laughs) You told me a lie, Reg. What do you mean? Carla is at home. I can see your children playing in the garden. Okay, so I'm caught out. I had to make some excuse so you'd come with me. But what's that you're getting out? You got eyes. My best bottle of malt whiskey. You're not going to drink. Why not? Well, it's illegal while you're flying. Oh, who's to know? Come on, Ellen. Don't be so damn prissy. Reggie, if you want to drink, land No. I can handle this plane when I'm asleep. Look at it, just like a car. Reg, I want you to take me down. No way, Ellen. We're up for a joyride, and that's just what it's going to be. Yep, come in. I'm sorry, Jim. Am I disturbing oh, you? Oh, hi, Carla. No, not at all. Come in. Sit down. Have you seen Reg? Yeah, he's up in the pipe of cub. Went for a spin. Where's Ellen? At home. She isn't. I just called. The house is locked up. Oh, well, it's funny. She doesn't usually go out in the morning. Maybe she slipped out of the store. The car's in the garage. Oh, do you, do you try our neighbors? Sometimes she goes for a chat. Well, I asked. They haven't seen her. Do you think she's with Reg? Well, I don't know. Why should she be? It's possible. Nah, I'm sure Reg would have told me. Can you find out? Yeah, sure. Simple. Radio's just here. I'll call him up. Right. Hello, control calling cub. Come in. Over. Hello, control calling cub. Come in, please. Over. Hi, Jim. Something wrong? Over. Carla's here. She's been looking for Ellen. Is she with you? Over. Carla's with you. Well, that's just what I said. Are you alone there? Over? Ellen is sitting right beside me. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Why is Carla looking for her? Well, search me. Hold on. Carla, was there something you wanted to tell her? 
No, I was just curious. <laughs> you hear that, Reg? She was just curious. Yeah, when Carla gets curious, it means there's trouble brewing. <laughs> anyway, Jim, we're okay up here. Back in a couple of hours. See you then. Over and out. There you are, Carl. Nothing to worry about. Oh, Jim, you big, lovable, gullible fellow. It's time you realize the truth. What truth? About Reg and Ellen. They're lovers. There you are, Ellen. He couldn't care less whether you're with me or not. All right. Now, all I want you to do is fly back to the company airstrip and land. You're not enjoying yourself, Ellen? No. Oh, come on. Where's your spirit of adventure? This is an adventure. The way you're drinking, Reg, it's closer to suicide. Oh, stop fussing. I'm just fine. And I do want you to get a divorce from Jim and marry me. Oh, don't be stupid. It's what I want. I don't want to hear any more. Good. I see you're turning back. Oh, yeah, I'm turning back, but not for the reason you want. What do you mean? Look, I'm tired of your husband telling me what I can and can't do. I'm going to give the orders for a change. And before I land, I want two promises. One from you, one from him. That whiskey's gone to your head, Reg. It made me see clearly how to handle things. If I can't have a little of my own way, then life just isn't worth living. You're talking like a spoiled child. What are these Promises you're demanding. From you, I want to promise that you'll divorce Jim and marry me. From Jim, I want him to agree to buy those two new planes. This is being ridiculous. He won't agree. And I have no intention of marrying you, so just forget it, will you? Then we die together. Now, I know you're just trying to scare me. Oh, yeah. You just wait till we get over the airstrip. And what then? The ultimatum. If you and Jim refuse to go along, then, no ammo, we go out in a wall of flame. I haven't watched you, sir. So, Reg says, I believe him. Ah, Helen and I were going through a sticky patch in our relationship at the time. <laughs> I suppose I asked for it. Just wish it hadn't been Reg. Well, i got to say, Carly, you're being remarkably cool and sensible about it. Oh, there's no option. I have to consider the children. Why should they suffer for my pride? Yeah. Well, more married folks should look at it that way, but... Anyway, what you told me, I'll keep it to myself as best I can. I don't think Reg will find Ellen quite so willing if he tries again. I hope you're right, Jim. Hello? Hello? Control here, over. Jim. As you can. Reg is flying us back to the airstrip. He's as drunk as a coot and threatening to crash the plane unless. unless... Go on, Ellen. Tell him the facts. Are you there, Jim? Yeah, I'm here, Ellen. Over. He wants a promise that you'll buy those two planes. If you don't, he says he'll crash the plane onto the office building. That's right. Why, why are you doing the talking for him? Because. Oh, go on. Tell him everything. He wants me to divorce you and marry him. Well, what do you think about that idea, Ellen? I've already told him to drop dead. <laughs> he thinks it's funny, Jim, but I'm terrified out of my wits. Reg has drunk most of a bottle of malt whiskey. Okay, try not to be scared. I think he's bluffing. That's easy for you to say, Jim, but I don't think he is. 
Sure, now, what's your answer? I think you should land and see a shrink. Listen, in a few minutes, I'll be over the landing strip. I want an answer by then. I'm closing down the radio until then to give you a chance to make up your mind over and out. Jim, what are we going to do? I don't know. Reg is out of his mind. Well, you can agree to his terms, and when he lands, tell him to go fly a kite. At least that way, Ellen will be safe. Yeah, I was thinking along those lines. Reg, will you stop drinking and listen to me? I've been listening all along. Just drinking damn bottles empty. What if Jim agrees and says he'll buy the new plane? Huh? There's no way you can hold him to it. Jim always keeps his word. Oh, he can easily renege if it's been given under duress. And what about you? You're part of the deal. There's no way I'll leave Jim. You can forget that. Okay, so we go out and blaze a glory. Look, it's... Is there any way I can make you see sense? What I want makes sense already, Ellen. I love you and I want to see our company grow. What good will a one-sided love affair do you? You'll learn to love me again. I never loved you in the first place. How can I make you understand? Why are you still clutching that empty bottle? Come, here, give it to me. I'll put it in the back. Okay. Thanks. You're coming over the airstrip now. <coughs> Sorry, Reg. Damn. How does this radio work? Oh, that must be it. Hello? Jim? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Oh. Reg, come up to the airstrip now. Jim. I've knocked Reg out with a bottle. He's slumped in his seat and his head's bleeding badly. No. No, you're going to get down. Just, just tell me what to do. You're coming in at just over a thousand feet. Somehow you'll have to get him out of his seat. Well, I, uh, I could unfasten his seat belt and pull him away. No, 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 don't do that yet. Look, first you need more altitude. Can you reach the stick in front of Reg? Uh, Yeah. Back now. The the altimeter needle is moving. Good. Now keep your eyes on that and the horizon. I can see you through the window, Ellen. You're just doing fine. It's scary, Jim. Yeah, I know. But you must keep your wits about you. There's nothing to it. Just know how. The, the needle is coming up to the figure two. Ah, uh, right. It's on it now. Okay. Now you level out by easing the stick forward. Keep your eyes on that false horizon. Jim, Jim, I think I've hurt Reg pretty badly. There's so much blood. Carl's trying to call our emergency service. Don't worry about Reg now. Concentrate on getting that plane down. Are you level yet? Uh, yes. The, the markers on false horizon are parallel. Good, that's how they should be. Good girl. Okay. Now look in front of you. There are two yellow switches marked autopilot. You see them? Uh, y- yes. Good, now switch them on. They shouldn't light up. Right. Okay, they're lit. Right, now you're on autopilot, so you're free to try and get Ridge out of that seat. Be as quick as you can. Every second you're getting further away from the airstrip. I'll push him down to one side. Ah, he's such a weight. 
Why, Max. Oh, damn. No wonder I forgot his seatbelt. There he goes. Okay, Jim. I'm in his seat. Good. Now, first I want to know your fuel position. Did you see the gas gauge? Which one? Uh, which one? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The, the needle reads 32. That's fine. You've got no problems there. You comfortable? Oh, that's a laugh. I'm shaking like a giant bowl of jello. Yeah, I should think you would be. Okay. Now switch off the autopilot. Okay, Jim. Now I'm in control again. Good girl. Shift the stick a little to the right. But at the same time, watch the horizon in your compass. Okay. The compass should be reading... Yeah, let me see. Ah, uh, it's reading 187. Okay, you've got it. Right, now ease the stick over and let the compass needle come around until it reads 007. Ah, uh, the wing is dipping. That's all right, it should. Now, don't worry about it. Just watch that compass needle. Where is it now? Uh, 245 and going up. Well, that's just fine, Alan. Jim, there's a problem. Yeah, what is it? It's Reg. He's coming, too. No, not at the time. Hit him with something. Well, I, I couldn't, Jim. Not again. Besides, there isn't anything to hit him with. What am I going to do, Jim? He's crawling around behind me. in the ambulance. Is something wrong? Reg has come to and Ellen's not answering. Ellen, can you hear me? Yes, Jim. What's he doing? He's sitting, just staring and doing nothing. Well, you must be still there. What's your compass reading? Oh, yeah, uh, it's, um, three, four, five. Okay, okay, straighten up now. Push the stick a little forward and watch your altimeter. Right. In a few minutes, you've got to get ready to reduce power and lower the flaps and undercarriage. Oh, Jim. Don't worry, Ellen. As long as you do exactly what I tell you, there's nothing to fear. It'll make you feel better, darling. What's the phone call? A caller from the hospital. Huh? Reg is suffering from concussion and severe lacerations. Uh, he's damn lucky he wasn't incinerated in a crashed plane. And so am I. What's going to happen to him now? Ah, there's no evidence to say he really intended to carry out his threat. It's like Carlos says, I think he's mentally unstable. Some intensive psychiatric treatment will put him right. Jim, hmm? I only realized just after I landed, I thought you couldn't fly. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't mention that while you were up there. What? I was standing at the mic here with just a textbook and my own what? memory of the plane's instrument panel in my mind. You mean... I mean you were lucky. No. Alan, we were both lucky. I feel dizzy just thinking about it. Well, just one word of warning for the future. No more joyriding with strange men. <laughs> you need never worry about that again, Jim. That's a most solemn promise. High Adventure is produced by Henry Duffenthal.
That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening. Thank you.